This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 263. Carrie Hoth goes online. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. What you're about to listen to is perhaps one of the most inspiring and creative podcast episodes we've ever released, and I I wish I had Carrie on the program even sooner than we're having him on now. Hey, it's Jason here, and we are continuing this series of coming out to you now twice a week as part of the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast, specifically during the virus pandemic that the world is going through, and strategically highlighting those people who work with clients online, that a lot of us have been doing this for years. And for some of you looking for more strategies to work more effectively with clients around the world, but also, yes, indeed, talking about some of the business strategy of how do we actually get in front of these people. So as soon as I sent out an email to the list explaining that I was going to start to do that, I got this message from Carrie, who I have never met before and never interacted with, but It was amazing where this went because he basically shared as someone who has been blind since birth, there's a very different approach to the work that he's had over the years that, you know, looking at things like uh, eye fixation, uh, considering strategies of like the eyes open and close in a Dave Elman induction, things that for the most part, many of us would only refer to by a theoretical or maybe even anecdotal nature. Yet here is someone who is not only has really learned the skills of hypnosis with one less sense to bring into the process, but also really had some incredible insights about how we're able to work with people, how other people who are blind can look at this as a career path as well. And again, incredibly inspiring. This is someone you're going to want to keep track of because he's going to have some amazing more information coming your way very, very soon. I'd refer to you as well to head over to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash now online. No punctuation, no space in the middle the website forward slash now online. That's where you can go back to the original episode I released sort of at the beginning of this whole coronavirus uh, scare. And uh, also on that page, there's several step-by-step tutorials, a whole resource guide, some email templates as well. It's all about helping us to continue to do the work of hypnosis. This is a time where clearly people have a need for what we do. And as I keep referencing the quote from the marketing guru, Frank Kern, It's a time to continue to profit in your business during what's going on, not necessarily because of. And that's the theme that everyone who I've been recording these special episodes with has been mirroring back and highlighting as well. So again, check out worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash now online. There's also a listing of upcoming online training events there too. And with that, let's jump directly in into this phenomenal conversation. Here we go. Episode number 263, Carrie Hoth goes online. I had heard about hypnosis uh, watching cartoons when I was six and seven years old. And um, (laughs) Thor uh, was hypnotized by Loki, uh, but his hammer was spinning in the sunlight and and that had hypnotized him. That always fascinated me. And I sort of put it away for quite a number of years. And I went to a psychiatrist with an ex-partner of mine. This does actually link in. And I was standing in her office and my partner had some uh, specific problems that she was having. And I said, what can we do for her? 
And the psychiatrist's response was, well, no, there's absolutely really nothing we can do. And I sort of looked at her in, in shock and said, you, you, you're serious. And she said, oh, yes, yes, very serious. Uh, there's really not much we can do for her. And I thought that that was perhaps a, a terrifying reality that I didn't want to be a part of. And perhaps, perhaps there were some other things that could be done for people. And perhaps there were some other ways. And not to detract from, from um, this person's practice in any way, every, every therapy and intervention has its place. I started researching hypnosis and I was a bit disillusioned for a while because it all said, uh, you know, focus on this spot on the wall. Take the place between your thumb and forefinger and focus your eyes on it. And I tweeted out in frustration, I think it was uh, end of 2013, don't see any possibility that a blind person could be a hypnotist, uh, which is a pity because all of this stuff is rather cool. Uh, and I got a mention back from somebody saying, I respectfully uh, inform you that you are 100% incorrect. Uh, and if you apply yourself, uh, you absolutely uh, can do hypnosis. So uh, my wife at the time bought me uh, one of those two and a half day workshop things, which has about uh, half a day of hypnosis and two days of, of selling up their other project products. <laughs> and I was hooked. Uh, I absolutely loved it. Um, got immersed in it, uh, started to learn sort of the basics of, um, well, I, I sort of started studying as everybody studied. You know, hypnosis is, is, is terribly complicated and mind-bogglingly difficult and, and uh, there's, you know, deep... Ma no, no, there's, there's not, but it's not until you know enough to realise that it, it really is much simpler than you think it is, although there is complexity in the places there needs to be complexity. And uh, I sort of studied and learnt about language patterns and essentially worked out that it, it was based on effective communications with people and helping people shape their realities. That's what it really came down to at the end of the day. Um, and Can I just jump in for a moment to point mm -hmm. out how beautifully in the first three minutes you just summed up all previous 270 episodes of this podcast? <laughs> I, 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 I apologize, but... Um, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think people... I think people would like hypnosis to be complicated and I think they expect it to be complicated. And if you want it to be that way, then as, as, uh, as a practitioner, I'm happy to do that for you if, if that's what you'd like. Um, but I've literally had people come up to me and go, look, I need a five minute fix. Uh, I've got 10 minutes and I can give you five of them. And I'm like, right, well, here we go. And we, we, we do the work, um, five minutes of the work, sometimes six, I'll be a minute over. Um, and a lot of the time they will work, walk away with their, their issue, uh, you know, minimized or, or certainly greatly assisted. Um, and they said to me, well, why did it only take five minutes? I said, because you only, you wanted it to take five minutes. So that's how long it's going to take. And I think that's important when we're dealing with clients and, and this will come in when we talk about working online and things, it's up to the expectations of your client as to what they expect to happen and how you can shape those expectations, uh, to make it easier for you both. Well, let's look at that for a moment because mm -hmm. here's and it's what it's what I say to people who look at some of the business stuff that I offer out there that you know well does that work and I can think of dialogues that I've had repeated to me that you know here is one person who said uh, well I did what Jason said and it didn't work for me and then someone else who goes I did exactly what Jason said and that's why I have a business mm -hmm. so we can look at any technique and if we present this expectation that 
you know, I say it to everybody, you're going to get out of anything what you put into it. Yes. And if we go into something, this is a huge theme that comes about with working with weight loss clients. It's that mm-hmm. discovery. It's that epiphany that as soon as we embrace the idea that this could actually be easy and enjoyable, mm-hmm. that's where that's what becomes the result. And that's not necessarily this law of attraction or abundance type thinking. Mm-hmm. It's that that's that conscious filter that we're putting on something. And to embrace that when we get down to it, uh, in a previous episode, Melissa Tears was talking about how people keep wanting the new stuff from her, which there is some new material, but yes. she goes, for the most part, I'm doing the same things I did previously, but I've sanded away the elements that don't have to be there. Yes. You know, where my whole lecture on action, result, cause, effect, relationship, every hypnotic suggestion follows the same formula. Every yes. hypnotic induction follows the same formula. Yes. So there's something to be said about complexity for the sake of becoming complex. Yes. Or let's look at it from the bare bones, nuts and bolts of what's going on, which from there gives us greater flexibility to truly be in the moment with our client, listen for what they're expressing, modify based on their needs, and deliver the right experience at the right time. And I think many practitioners, um, or not many, but maybe some practitioners would be a fair statement, uh, get into the complexity and 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 the, the complex language patterns and and the NLP and, and and there's nothing wrong with that. If that's what you want to do, then absolutely do that. But ultimately, we're working with our clients, and we need to work in a modality that's going to work for our clients and be effective for our clients and um, enable them to make the changes that they need to change in a way that they understand. And that's. That's what makes a good hypnotist, somebody who can work with their clients in the way the clients wish to be worked with, in in my opinion. Beautiful, beautiful. So for a little bit further of an introduction, you hinted at this uh, a few moments ago. Kind of give us a little bit of your personal backstory as being someone who is visually impaired. Um, blind since birth. Um, mm-hmm. Put that straight up there up front. Uh, I've always been a talker, uh, even at age four and five, and I always felt that given the right circumstances, words had power. Uh, And then I discovered hypnosis and discovered that you could uh, power up your words even more uh, with with hypnosis, um, you know, ethically and sensibly, of course. And I I spoke to some people who said things to me like, well, I've got this terrible anxiety problem uh, and I've been going to my um, therapist for seven years and I think uh, that, we, we might get a solution soon. And what I thought in the back of my head, although I certainly didn't say it to these people, was if you've been going to a therapist for seven years and you don't have a solution, um, perhaps another therapist or another methodology? Um, like, do we need seven years to solve a, a problem? Depending on the problem, some do, right? But your average yeah. problem. Most people don't want to spend seven years solving a problem. I think that's a, a reasonable statement unless, you know, the problem is seriously that complex. And I wanted to help people with their problems and assist them in solving them. And my first hypnotic success was an interesting one uh, just because it was very instructional. Uh, There was a girl at the cafe who wanted to stop biting her nails and she'd already very much decided that she wanted to stop biting her nails. And I could tell this by um, talking to her. So we decided to do a a hypnosis session in the afternoon for a free coffee because this is how we get started. Um, And we did the session, uh, standard Elman, uh, standard set of direct suggestion, um, emerged her 
And as far as I know, she hasn't uh, bitten her nails from that day since. And that was her expectation. That was her outcome. Uh, the hypnosis was more the, the vehicle to sort of slot those final puzzle pieces into place to allow her to make the changes that she needed to make. And, and I think as change agents, that's essentially what we're doing a lot of the time. I mean, yes, we can, we can do far more, but we're, we're lining up those jigsaw puzzle pieces for those who, who need slash want to make the change and just allowing those final pieces to drop into place for them. Yeah. And then, so going back to that initial training where, you know, so often the sort of classic model of hypnosis would begin with some sort of eye fixation or mm -hmm. something uh, more visually oriented. Yep. What are some of those modifications that you were finding, let's say, either as you as the client or even you as the practitioner that you were then making use of? Oh, absolutely. So essentially what we're looking at is um, you've got to understand, well, you obviously understand, um, the listener has to understand that we have uh, a lot of senses. We have vision, we have hearing, we have taste, we have sound, uh, we have feeling. Uh, so you've got your kinesthetic, all of those sorts of things that we go through on every, you know, pay attention to your world workshop. And it's very important to leverage all of those senses. And so what I did was there are people that I absolutely use things like hand to face uh, with. Uh, and I, I absolutely use sort of fixation inductions with if, if that's what they absolutely insist on. Uh, but I found for myself a modified Elman uh, would work better for me. And the reason I picked the modified Elman critically for me personally was that every step of the Elman uh, in its default form is dependent on every step that precedes it. Precedes it. Yes. So yeah. eye fixation, check. Um my body relaxation, check. Uh, as you work your way through the Elman, um, you can check off the things on your mental checklist. And this is very important when you're just starting out. When you get a bit more confidence, it's it's not as important. But it was very reassuring for me to have, yep, this, 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 you know, a bit like a, a flight pre-safety check. Um, and I discovered that uh, if you absolutely had to, you could leave out some elements of the Elman induction, although if absolutely if you could do them, it's 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 optimal. So when you're working remotely from somebody, you can remove the the arm drops, uh, you can replace them with something else, um, perhaps their hands feeling heavier or another suggestion. Um, your negative amnesia is good because it's very verbal. Um, you can assess them losing the letters or the numbers or whatever they're they're you know, temporarily letting go of. Um, so I started work on things like audible cues. Uh, I would also put in suggestions such as uh, if we're doing magnetic hands and when you find yourself dropping into that state of trance, you can just allow your hands to drop into your lap. So you would literally hear the hand drop when it happened. Yeah. That was a, that, an assistant for me. Uh, they didn't seem to bother them too much. So it's basically making things audible. It's making things visual. It's it's making things in such a way that and 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 leverage all their other senses. Um, get them to uh, taste things. Get them to feel things. Get them to imagine things um, rather than just your your standard eye fixation. So diversify your inductions uh, or your or trance rituals or whatever you want to call them to include those other aspects. 
what I love about that is again the flexibility of it. That for years, um, you know, I, Cheryl and Larry Elman live in Henderson, North Carolina, which is only about four hours down the road for me. They've been practically locals for years, and uh, many of the listeners out there may know uh, Melanie, who's their niece, who lives you know ten minutes down the road from here. So, needless mm-hmm. to say, we've done a lot of projects over the years, and there's always that stressing of recognize that the steps of the Dave Elman induction are exactly that. They're steps. And I mm-hmm. use the metaphor of hurdles that you're passing to the next step. And if we really want to get simplistic about it, it's a series of deepeners yep. in a strategic order that serves a, spe- a specific purpose. And I love what you said about do all the steps to the best of your abilities, yet if you can't, it's okay. Yes, and to, yes. to embrace that you know, it's not the losing the numbers. It's the amnesia by suggestion. It's not the floppy arm drop. It's as simple as large muscle catalepsy, which somehow still, and uh, we keep linking in these episodes we're doing in this um, sort of uh, double down uh, sequence here, uh, worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash now online. We're just putting all the resources on that page. Um, Somehow I still own the number one spot on YouTube, but Mm -hmm. then again, not many people are putting up videos called uh, the Dave Elman induction on Skype. (laughs) So that was an easy win, but it's where we break down step by step. And I I, want to talk to you about this one specifically, Mm -hmm. which is that I, I had heard over the years that, oh yeah, but you can't do the eye muscle catalepsy with someone who's blind. But correct me, you still have the muscular nature of the eyelids. And you most, of us do, most of us do, okay? Yeah. Some, some of us don't. Uh, and in fact, one of the girls I started working with in 2014 on hypnosis, we sort of got started and I said, okay, so I just allow you to close your eyes. And she's like, sorry, can't. Yeah. And I went, oh, um, she said, I'm not being difficult. I actually can't. This is something I can't do. So we we reshape the, the induction. But yes, if when I am hypnotized, I absolutely do have uh, eye uh, catalepsy and I can uh, allow my eyelids to become locked closed if that's what I need to do. And they totally do this thing. So yes, you can do that with vision impaired people. And interestingly enough, uh, a point that I just wanted to make. So the first time I did the Elman induction remotely, I was doing some uh, pain management for a uh, a friend. And at that time, I was under the belief that the, the arm drops were absolutely necessary. So I literally got uh, his partner to do the arm drops for me uh, and mm. allow me to hear how they were working. And I'm, I'm wondering nice. if, if people are getting into working online, because I realize this is new for a lot of people. I've, I've been doing it for six years, but not everybody has. Um, if you've got other people that can help uh, the client, perhaps that's something that can be looked into if they really need to see those things happen initially until they, they get the confidence to to realize that they're not strictly necessary. And that right there is why I invited you on here, because that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'd share to kind of branch off of the can they do the eye closure mm-hmm. moment. I've had people over the years that, yes, clearly someone else drove them to my office mm-hmm. that um, that a difference I'd imagine if it was someone blind since birth, the muscular nature of the eyelids are very likely perfectly fine. If it's blind by way of an injury. I mean, we had Tom Tom Nicoli was on the podcast uh, Mm on the release of this last week who lost a function of one of his eyes from an accident. Mm -hmm. Um, And in that category, there may be an issue with the muscular nature, though this does bring about a very inappropriate moment in my office which was a major risk, but it turned out to be every reason why I got rapport with the guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm certain why we got the change so quickly. He mm-hmm. was in to quit smoking. His wife had driven him in 
And uh, I simply asked the question at one point because it's what I always ask. What and putting it in the past tense to start to chip away at the issue. Mm-hmm. And what brand of cigarettes did you smoke? And he responds, and I knew he had been blind since birth, mm-hmm. uh, Marlboro Reds. Mm-hmm. And I felt the sudden need to go, how do you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he goes, okay, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that's, 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 that is a very good point. Um, and, but I think that's also, that also sort of dovetails into the fact that uh, when we are assisting people in, in doing change and stuff, it is our job to shape their reality ethically to allow mm. them to make those changes. And um, I didn't realize that um, hypnosis can be done under quite adverse conditions. I was hypnotizing my ex-wife um, over the phone and I was fairly surprised that it actually worked uh, and it absolutely worked and it was absolutely a success and it was fine. And I said to her afterwards, because uh, I had a fairly fairly good rapport with her, obviously, uh, I'm very surprised that worked. And she said something that was that was crucial to me that really stuck with me. She said, well, of course it worked because you were absolutely determined that it would. And that is 80% of the puzzle. And I think anybody who's planning on working online and anybody who's thinking of doing remote hypnosis sessions, if you go into this with the mindset of this is going to work, then you're 80% of the way there. Yeah. Your confidence has to come through in this. You have to believe that this is going to work for you. And I have pulled off a lot of things over the years based on having high levels of, of confidence. It's not the only thing, absolutely, but it's it, it can be a big part of whether something is going to be successful or not as successful as you'd like. And, and when you're telling people that online work is normal and when you're telling people that online work is okay and you're telling online people that online work is just as officious, um, I don't know the word, but especially in these times we find ourselves in now, there's going to be a lot more openness to online work given our social distancing and the things that we, we're undertaking at the moment. And it's very important as as people who work in this field that we tell people that this is normal, this is okay, I can absolutely do the work with you from here online uh, and I'd be happy to work with you. That's That's how I approach it. Which my task in this, as we're going twice a month for the next little while, is that is to highlight some of the nuances that are repeating and keep coming up. And my my personal take on this is that yes, this is an unfortunate thing that uh, society is going through. Mm-hmm. Yet in the long run, some of the greatest innovations in the world have come out of wars, have come out of moments of conflict. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of innovation that's well, let's be patient for right now. That's going to be coming our way, and, and to look at how. <laughs> this is Joseph Onesta's line out of Pennsylvania here in the US to say to his client, let's go ahead and call this out. What we're about to do is inherently weird. You're, you've driven to a stranger's office and I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that that's out of the way, let's begin. Absolutely. The, the hypnosis is already new to them. And even this is my whole lecture on business of uh, borrowed from Jeffrey Ronning, that we're moving a place, a person from a place of being unsophisticated, mm-hmm. where they don't yet know how it works, why it works, and exactly how the two of you are going to work together, mm-hmm. to a place of then being sophisticated that now, here's how we schedule, here's how the work actually works, yep. here's what happens during it. And it's only at that point that I then open up the business conversation of this, how many sessions and how much. Mm-hmm. So because we're always... 
setting the foundation because we're always building our own positioning inside of what we do. Mm-hmm. It's I want everyone to really clear this and highlight something you just said there. We're just basically adding one extra step to it that they might not yet have considered, which is to say, and the benefit is everything is tonality and intention. Yep. And the benefit is given the state of things right now, I'm able to work with you just as effectively um, you know, through online video conference, uh, yep. as we would live and in person, which the benefit of this is you're probably going to be making the changes now in the environment you wish to see the changes actually take place. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's very, very important. And, and video conferencing absolutely can be, uh, utilized. I usually work audio only. Um, yeah. and for, for people who are working audio only, the thing that I really want to highlight is make sure you've got a medium that keeps the other end open so you can hear what your client is doing. Um, and you are listening for, for breath patterns. You're listening for, uh, excess salivation, not the most savory thing to talk about, but there it is. You do get that sometimes <laughs> and, and listening to how they respond to you, um, And that's all very key and useful information to have when you are working uh, remotely, uh, which was my, which is essentially what my initial email to you said. And I, um, I hesitated about emailing you, but then I thought, well, I have been doing this for quite a number of years. And as more people move online, we need better resources to tell them how to do this and and better Mm -hmm. ways for them to streamline this. Yeah. So what are some of the mechanisms that you're setting in place then? to be able to hear things that closely? If somebody has one, I get them to wear their ear pods or their AirPods or their headset. Um, yeah. That's usually not too much of an ask and it doesn't nice. track from the, the trance too much. If they're doing FaceTime or similar, I will tend to get them to put the phone uh, on the table in front of them if they have a table or have the phone close to them. You don't really want people holding on to things or supporting things in trance if you can help it because it does tend to detract from sometimes a little from your um, from your state and and it can be annoying to have to hold something when somebody wants you to relax so yeah uh, if you can organize for them to put things in such a way that they can be supported and relaxed um, I mean I will use any voice client I've I've got access to anything from a, a telephone call. I will use Skype, Zoom, you know, FaceTime, TeamTalk, TeamSpeak, Discord. It doesn't matter what you're using. <laughs> Just make it work for you and the client and make it as simple as possible because you've got to get your clients onto that platform as easily as possible, which is why I tend to push people towards Zoom or Skype as, as you have. Right. Yeah, which I found at least – before all of this, my strategy was, and you know, by nature of, I don't think I've ever actually said this on the podcast that uh, I do get a lot of clients because of this podcast, and even my clients will sometimes find it. And it's always a fun dialogue when it's like the regular um, everyday person. Mm-hmm. Let's use mm-hmm. the right language, the Muggle, uh, where they go, "Oh, I found that. It was really interesting." I'm, I'm not the audience, am I? I'm like, well, this is very much for people already in the industry. It's not you know, any trade secrets that are being revealed because a lot of us teach this work. But what I used to say was, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd give a menu to say that, well, there's all sorts of platforms that are out there. The easiest one is one called Zoom, where I just send you a link, you click it and it just mm-hmm. opens and it works. 
if you have a Skype account, we can yep. use that. Or even, you know, if you're using an Apple device, yep. we can connect on FaceTime. Uh, nowadays, I'm taking a little bit more of a proactive lead of just simply, and actually uh, on my schedule, we're recording on Tuesday the 24th. Tomorrow, I've got slated in my time frame that I'm going to replace temporarily the homepage video on my website and then the strategy session video on my website for the reason of the language in those videos is a lot of when you come into the office and you sit in one of these chairs, I'm like, let's go ahead and be congruent with how the work is being done just to stay ahead of that. Uh, and, you know, I'm sure in a couple of months, we're going to be switching it yeah. back to what it used to be. But you're exactly right. What you said earlier of set the foundation and then basically it's that follow through that this is just yeah, how we and, work together. And for a lot of the people I've, I've worked with uh, over the years, uh, I was working... Uh, with a girl in California, and she had some pretty serious problems. And she said, "Well, I'm all the way in California. Can you, can you help me from here? Uh, you know, I'm I'm eleven thousand miles away from you." And I said, "Do you think I can help <laughs> you from here? Because I certainly think I can." And she's like, "Well, yes. Uh, I, I, I then I think you can." Uh, and that was the frame for us starting to work together. That yes, we were doing this online. Yes, we were doing this with essentially a three hundred millisecond round trip delay. Now, what I will say is, if you're doing <laughs> hypnosis over a satellite link, and I have done this, uh, two to five seconds round trip time will test your skills, uh, and you will have to modify your workflow to to deal with those delays because. Uh, even if you're working across the world, when you tell a client to close their eyes, you're going to have to wait the two to 300 milliseconds for them actually to do it because that's how long it's taking for your packets to reach them. So if you're working sort of inside the US, no problems. But if you're working with people outside and, and out on, on slower links, um, you are going to have to slow down your workflow a little bit to be aware that it's not the client being uh, cantankerous. It's the it's the delay of the communications medium, and it's a bit like you know how we used to watch those satellite um, interviews in the eighties on TV, um, working with those delays and and still doing the work, but um, letting that time elapse to have those things happen. What I'd say is the same edits you would make for uh, working within a group are the same edit modifications you can make for working one-to-one -one via these video platforms, which uh, I agree with you about. There's this slight time delay sometimes with these different things, but this is easily solved by just thinking, how do I put more explanation, demonstration inside of the words that I say? So if I'm in my office working with someone one-to-one, -one, and we're going to go into an arm lock testing convincer type moment. Mm -hmm. That's where I usually, you know, I've done a Dave Elman induction earlier. So here's my transition. Earlier, mm -hmm. I ask you to do nothing with that arm. This time, help me out. We're going to pick it up together. And I mm -hmm. pick up their arm with them and guide it into the right posture. Well, yes. the same as back in my stage hypnosis days 10 years ago, I wouldn't go around to 20 volunteers and help position their arms. Instead became, what words do I need to give to get the right posture? Everybody squeeze your head into a fist and extend it straight out in front of you. So as if it's parallel, as if it's level horizontal with the floor beneath you. Yes. And I'm hitting all three of those same words that mean the same thing. Parallel, level, what? horizontal, horizontal, which at least yep. one of them is going to hit. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's... I think that is a key point that you've brought up. The language that you're going to use when you're working online. Yes, you have a video uh, feed, but certainly I'm a, I'm with you a thousand percent. Turbocharge that language. Make sure that your client knows exactly what is expected from them as you work with them, in as clear and effective 
uh, way as possible um, so that you can get the work done. And that will eliminate in a lot of cases the barriers to working online and it'll make them feel more comfortable and it will make you more effective as a practitioner, you generally speaking, not you specifically, um, and allow you to, to do the work effectively online uh, with these clients. And always keep in mind that if somebody, and this sounds like a silly thing to say, if somebody wants to work with you and somebody's paying to work with you, they do want to cooperate. So if you work yes. with them, um, they will do their best to work with you even online. And that needs to be kept in mind. So don't let the practitioner's fear of, of working online get in the way of, of getting the work done uh, because people will accommodate you uh, as much as they can and, and they will try their hardest to work with you. And if you work cooperative with the people, you'll get the results you want which I think you just hit on something huge there, which is that I'm seeing this trend and I'm about to do a video probably today on this, that um, this sort of mode, I've almost seen people apologetic that this is how they have to work with people, mm. which um, no, this is actually presenting a benefit. This is providing a further solution. And we're kind of all in a mode right now of figuring this all out as we go. I mean, I've got my kids will turn um, seven and nine next month. The conversation with them to have to go, okay, so we've never done this before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which um, helped to clarify some things. You mentioned a client, the other side of the world, reaching out to you and finding you. So let's let's pivot the conversation here. How do you recommend people have these clients find us? I think that your, on, your, your online presence is really important. Mm -hmm. um, and yes, I will put my hand in the air and say I'm not very happy with my Facebook page at the moment, but it does the job. You want some way of, of people being able to reach you. So whether that's a, a website or an online contact form or uh, whatever methods, I mean, you're the you're, you're the business fellow that's that's rocking this, so you'd know far better than me. But it still helps to have business cards. You really should have. Uh, Reg Blackwood said in one of his interviews, he said, "Well, if you're not carrying business cards, then what are you doing?" And and that still holds true in 2020 because you're going to run into people, and you may tell them you're a hypnotist, and they're like, "Well, that's very interesting," and you want to palm them a business card. But for your online clients, uh, get some sort of website, get some sort of online presence, uh, have a method of contacting you either probably uh, a web form or, or an email you have to be careful with phone numbers as, as you would well know uh, they can be taken advantage of by unscrupulous people so that should be a little harder to get hold of but not impossible i think would be my advice but can you just expand on that what do you mean by that well People can WhatsApp you on your phone number. They can try and FaceTime you on the phone number. Uh, if you leave a, a, a phone number that's open on a website, spammers will tend to get hold of it. And okay. uh, Yeah. So you want to have that sitting behind a contact us link or something just so that it's it's not sitting out there for the crawlers to scrape off and right and yeah yeah that's it's maybe i'm being too cautious but i have found well, I that i think there's something to that and at least i share you know and this is probably the first time i've talked about this as a strategy and the reason what i'm about to talk about came about is really laziness and mild frustration that um i've been for years i draw a very hard line between my personal life and my public life, yeah. my business life and my personal life. So like when I leave the office, it shuts down mm -hmm. that, um, you know, you call me, you're going to hear a voicemail message that tells you when to schedule time with me. Mm -hmm. uh, that being said, since I moved my office in about a year ago, uh, I 
you know, was very happy to switch from timing of this was perfect. Switching over to a fiber optic internet connection where I get like 1500 uh, megabytes down and like 1800 up on the upload, which is amazingly fast. Mm -hmm. And uh, the downfall is that the new phone system with Verizon, I have to use their phone and I don't like it. Mm -hmm. So out of laziness, now the uh, the landline uh, business office line is the gatekeeper. But nowadays, you know, as soon as someone's in my database, my database is my Outlook email, which is now synced up to my phone. Yep. And my clients get my personal cell phone number. Now they know that, um, you know, it's best to send me a message or send me an email because I actually respond to that faster. Yep. And there hasn't been any moment. So my clients are kind of being welcomed into the family, as it were. As yes. they come in. So all of the spam stuff is hitting my office line, which th this is my real opinion on this stuff, my take on it. And I actually pay a little extra for my email to not have stuff go to spam yes. uh, in terms of what I'm receiving, because I would rather be the one who gets annoyed slightly in the morning yes. by deleting all the junk. Yes. Than to have some automated system delete the thing that I really needed. Well, as a, as a, as a, as an email systems administrator, I applaud your uh, stance because uh, I've worked in IT uh, for you know twenty years, and that is the best way to do it. So that you decide what's spam, and you don't let some algorithm decide because you may uh, have something in your inbox that's that's really important. You may have a lot of things that aren't, but um, certainly it allows you to sift them out. And and I've always found that a better way to. To, to sift emails and stuff. And especially if, if people are going to move towards um, working online and doing the work online, if you are going to use uh, email as your communications medium, and I get a lot of, well, not a lot, I've got about 10 or 15 inquiries from my blog that, that turn up in my email, then you are going to have to get used to accepting your leads from that sort of method because that's how they are going to come in sometimes. Yeah, which uh, as a side reference back to an episode uh, number 115, I, I cheat, it's in front of me, uh, when uh, Chris Thompson, who works with Mike Mandel, was last on the podcast, June of 2017, uh, we talked about this as a productivity strategy of just in the morning, briefly open up the email, clear away the junk that doesn't need to be there. And this way, when you actually start your workday later on, you're beginning with the stuff that actually matters. And again, that was episode 115, Chris Thompson, Chris Thompson on clearing the junk which um, those people in that community know. I almost called that episode, Chris Thompson wakes up and looks at his junk. So looking at... <laughs> <laughs> Language is fun, isn't it? <laughs> it? It is, it is. Um, but yeah, so I think, I think that, is, that, is, that is certainly important um, to, to figure out how you're going to take these in and, and how you're going to do that. But, and I think the other point that I really wanted to make, and, and for people wondering whether they want to look at working online and whether they want to to move into this space. Uh, I think the one thing that I would say is we are in uncertain times and the more people you can help, and there will be people looking for our help in these uncertain times, do shift out to online and find those people because I think there is a, a terrible need for, um, maybe not a terrible need, but an extreme need for hypnotherapists, counsellors, and mental practitioners, if we use the word generically, to work online with um, those members of the population that are struggling given our, our current circumstances. And I think the more of us that can step up and work online, that's maybe one of our little ways that we can make the world a little bit better. 
I love that. And yeah, I was, we were chatting before we jumped on that I was rescheduling a, an event that was coming up. And in that message, I put out the phrasing that the need for hypnotic services for personal change is clearly at a high, that I've seen no drop off of the number of uh, clients that they were all quite pleased with the fact that we're able to still work remotely. And here's some of the benefits that that provides. And to look at how I, I've said this on here already, that I don't want to be the one sending out the email with the headline that clearly there probably hasn't been a better time to quit smoking mm -hmm. uh, as we're talking about something that's respiratory in nature, but that's every inquiry that I have coming in. Yes. So uh, I'm about to pull a quote from an email because you can easily soften a message by letting it be someone else's words. Um, you know, there's the quote that someone said, he quit smoking with me two weeks ago and he goes, this is the longest I've been without cigarettes. And there probably was a never a better opportunity to make this decision just to be done with this thing. So it's, it's where sometimes the need changes. I launched Virginia hypnosis at the height of the mortgage crisis in the United States. Mm -hmm. So at the last big market crash that we had, uh, and who were a lot of my clients, this is where suddenly mortgage brokers had to suddenly get licensed to do the job that many of them had been doing for 20 or 30 years. And there was natural anxiety out of that, helping them to do the service in a better way. And, you know, in many ways, not all the people in that industry were bad. It mm. was made bad by a few who were issuing these loans that they knew people couldn't pay off. Yes. So it's where every moment in history presents a specific need. And as long as you're helping to solve that challenge and move people to a better solution, you always will have a business that's viable and has a part of our of our society. And I think that that people are certainly struggling to find um, you know mental health services, whatever those mental health services are. And some of our work is uh, change work, absolutely. Uh, some of it is, is stage shows, and some of it is. Um, assistance with mental challenges. And I think that um, if there are hypnotists that have been working in their office on this stuff and stuff, and they can take that online, they're going to be able to get that out to more people. And because we are in such times of adversity, there will be people who want to leverage those changes and improve those lives. Uh, and they will be happy to work with the online practitioners. So I think, you know, it would be advantageous to, to, to jump on that uh, bandwagon at the moment. Well, Kerry, this has been fantastic. How can people get in contact with you? Um, probably the easiest way is to um, go to www.hothnosis, H-O-A-T-H-N-O-S-I-S dot com uh, a bit of a pun on my name there and uh, there's a, there's some contact information there if they want to get a hold of me uh, or drop me a message uh, and I'd be happy to uh, answer any inquiries that I receive and 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 thank you for for having my perspective on the on the show today Jason Lynette here once again, and as always, thank you so much for interacting with this program, for sharing it on your social media streams, and responding back the same way that Carrie did, someone who's over on the west side of Australia in Perth and reaching out and having a conversation one-to-one -one, as if we're in the same room. The world has become a whole lot smaller, and this is an opportunity to innovate, 
to thrive and to help people who could truly benefit from the services of professional hypnosis. Once again, please check out worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash now online. There's several free step-by-step tutorials on that page. There's some email templates. There's a listing of upcoming live online training events. And uh, everybody out there, stay safe. I look forward to seeing you in person soon. And as always, wash your hands. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com.